live? We We're are live. on the air. We're live. We are. Okay, so, sweet. So, hey everybody, this is the Neat Freaks podcast. This is an iStrategy Labs podcast discussing design stuff, development stuff, and maybe even business dev stuff. We're not sure yet. Um, so this is our inaugural episode. Uh, maybe it's a version 0.5 episode. Or zero. Or zero. We're going to talk about mobile-first design, um, the implications in terms of design stuff, front-end development, back-end development, and overall app design. Uh, today, our special guest is Claire Frank, if you want to introduce yourself quickly. Hi, I'm Claire Frank. I'm a designer here at iStrategy Labs. And actually, we haven't introduced the two hosts yet. I'm Julian Giddy. I'm a back-end developer at iStrategy Labs. My name is Vin Lay. I'm a designer, I think. Yes. Uh, He's a newly minted designer. That is true. Apprentice. So, <laughs> we thought this would be this podcast would be a good idea to kind of have an informal conversation about, you know, real tech topics. We want these to be educational, in-depth, substantive, but we are drinking whiskey. Um, so while I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that say we're going to discuss a serious topic while drunk... We're not going to do that. We just like whiskey. That's why the name of the podcast is Neat Freaks Podcast. So, all right. I guess we'll just get the conversation going. Uh, my first question is... We have to cheers first. We have to cheers yeah. first. Okay. You're here. So cheers to the inaugural episode. All right. My first question is, um, as a back-end developer, I use the framework uh, Twitter Bootstrap a lot. Um, this allows me to kind of produce relatively... Wait, wait, wait. Before you have that first question, I have a first question. Okay, fine. Bring it. I know what mobile first is, but I'd love to hear from both of your perspectives what you think mobile first is. All right. I, it could I, be anything. All right, I'll go. I'll go. So go ahead, my, Julian. My idea of mobile first is that there is a trend in internet usage that people are using their mobile devices a lot more than, totally. than desktop uh, browsers. While... I, as a more traditional software engineer, like developing for physical computers first. I mm-hmm. think more and more people are moving to using their handheld devices. And so I think mobile first is designing with that in mind. Yeah. It's pretty pretty much the gist of it. I mean, what I learned from Joseph Abrams, Abrams, you know, mobile first, design for the mobile, since that is obviously the trend that's going on. And, you know, all the users... You know, going to sleep at night, have their phone out, and then wake up in the morning, get the phone. What do they look at? Their phone. Apps. That's true. So. Yes, my mobile first is waking up in the morning and looking at my phone Precisely. First. <laughs> All right, so Claire, what is mobile first, and why is it important? Why, why would a back-end developer need to think about it? To me, mobile first is developing for mobile first, and then moving to desktop. Yes, it's as simple as it sounds. And the reason behind this is that every device, every sort of device that you're on will probably be able to support one, maybe two columns of content. Mm -hmm. And the more that you have more of a width on your browser, then the more you can mess around with the layout. But it's basically breaking down your page into the simplest layout as possible so that it can be passed on to as many devices as possible in the easiest format. So my question is that in a mobile application, since your screen real estate is is diminished significantly, does that actually impact kind of the functionality of your application or the number of features you can offer? Um, well, 
Mobile first is usually associated with uh, having your content down. Yes, content first. Content first. You're communicating. <laughs> Another number one. Thing. Communication. You want to talk about content first, Vin? Content first. The website is merely a container for information. Right, and the most important thing to do is to make sure that you are providing the correct amount and kinds of content for the users that are coming to your website. So all the stupid stuff that we put in sidebars from like five years ago, obviously that doesn't make sense now. Right. Because it's just stupid things that CEOs wanted to include, like their birthday and their Amazon wish list. <laughs> so, well, here's, an, here's a question. So there's a difference. Is there a difference between app development and mobile-first design? Like when I think of mobile-first stuff, I'm thinking about navigating to a web application's website on my iPhone Safari, or I use Chrome. So navigating to that, that same website on Chrome why would I do that versus downloading for, say, if there's a native app? Right. I mean, I think I have an answer for that, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, in my opinion, native apps use things that you cannot use on websites for mm -hmm. your phone, like accessing your photos. Hardware integration. Hardware integration. Yes. Things like that. Um, the first app that I built fresh out of college was something content-wise that I did not want to build, and it was basically just a rehash of somebody's website. Mm. But it was something that they really wanted, and they really wanted their presence in an app store, but unfortunately they didn't have that great of an idea for it. But in that case, it's like an app shouldn't be rehashing what's already on your website. Right. It should be a different experience completely? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It should be for extra. a specific purpose based on the kind of content that you that you store on your phone that you can only access through an app. Hmm. So I guess from a from back-end developer standpoint, I'm thinking about how this would change my workflow. And I know that when I'm developing stuff, I guess everything boils down to kind of building an API that handles kind of under, like, uh, you know, behind-the-page logic. So maybe those APIs are relevant to mobile-first interfaces, but also native application interfaces. Yeah, they could very well be. Totally. <laughs> um, mobile-first. Mobile-first. No. Um, this is going to be cut out. Yeah. That was good. That was good. No, that keep was it good. raw. That was good. Um, um, shit. I feel like I had a lot more. No, oh, that's pretty much sums it up. What other questions do you have about mobile first? Like as a designer, how do you go about creating a mobile first design for an entire website that you're working on? That's a great question. And integrate it already into our processes. Yeah, because like when I was introduced to it, I was working on this, you know, the intern ISL social fish thing, you know, and Abrams. Yes, describe the project for us. Okay, so that was just like the intern's idea of integrating what iStrategy Labs does socially. I'm going to hit the pause button. Yeah. What does iStrategy Labs do? And maybe we put this at the beginning, maybe we put this somewhere else, but I think it's important to say kind of our backgrounds, where we're coming from. Um, so, you know, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you give that. What's up? Have that um, explanation of what we do at our core. What is our, at our core. what are we trying to do in the future going forwards? Crushing it. Crushing it. So the okay. initial 
business, I guess, description that I got from Sully. He said, we are an idea foundry, right? So we're, we're not like restricted to any type of, you know, work or project or anything. We just create ideas and we just execute them. And we seem to be, you know, successful in the realm of social machines. and Right. I'll, I'll pen like that, that by saying that one of our, I think, most interesting offerings is that we really bridge the gap between software and hardware. Um, and that could be buzzy and say we're bridging the gap between social interaction and physical interaction. Right. Um, so there's a number of different ways you can go with that. But at our core, we're trying to do things. Uh, we're a digital agency, marketing agency or whatever. And so we're trying to give clients, we're trying to give the opportunity to the clients to present these cutting edge, kind of bridging the gap sort of campaigns for their users. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I think it would be a more relevant um, and it'll be more enlightening when you discuss the actual Social Fish project. Okay. So go for it. So essentially the Social Fish was a way to get, you know, clients that visit the office a way to experience like a micro micro part of iStrategy in, in the way of tweeting at a fish and the food machine would turn and feed the fish. From a technical standpoint, uh, how this would work would basically we'd have a web server um, that was listening on Twitter for a particular hashtag or a particular social interaction. Um, and then that would actually trigger through, we use uh, node.js a lot, node.js, I guess that's the colloquial term. Yeah. Um, we use that to kind of do real-time JavaScript communications. Um, and so when... Um, the server recognizes the particular trigger keyword, it'll send a socket event uh, to an Arduino processor Mm -hmm. um, that would then actually manipulate the fish, uh, mechanical fish feeder to release fish. Um, The server would then kind of respond saying, thank you for, you know, thank you for feeding us. Um, Thank you for feeding me. Um, You know, I need food again in X amount of hours. So this is a very small example of kind of what we do. We've done things such as... um, we recently completed a project for Nickelodeon, um, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Um, that was a Facebook. You would go on Facebook and you'd actually get to control a skill crane, um, which is you know one of those cranes you see at a fair or at an arcade where you control. Also known as a claw machine. Claw machine. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Um, yeah. And uh, this would be an internet-controlled claw machine um, that, if you picked up a prize, you'd actually get it in real life. So you interact with it through software, and that triggers hardware. Um, so that's just another example. But um, in terms of mobile first, we're getting a little uh, derailed. So yeah. continue with how that so mobile first came in. Back to that, I was uh, assigned in designing the actual website. So what I did was I, you know, downloaded like a TNLAX template. You know, has the mobile, the tablet, and the browser kind of specifications. And then I just went in and just went wireframe on the mobile first. See. And basically, that kind of simplified the content, and which posed to be a little challenging because I've never done mobile first before, and it kind of like limited the way I was gonna expand the design to the larger, you know, screen. I'm formats. I'm still stuck on the limited feature set you can provide in mobile. When yeah. I look at 
when I look at like iPhone apps, uh, I'm going to use the example of like, I mean, Instagram, for example, I guess, I guess it's kind of, I'm internally challenged because on one hand, I believe that, you know, I come from a Unix and Linux standpoint and kind of the Linux philosophy is that um, applications should do one thing and do them well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that extends to all applications we build as engineers. Um, and so I guess mobile first kind of strips an application down to its core functionality. And I was using Instagram as an example. Basically all it does, I mean, obviously everybody listening knows what Instagram does, but it... Except Instagram isn't mobile first. Ooh. How is Instagram not mobile first? Instagram is just mobile. All right, all right. Snap. So I guess that's a... I guess that's they do a, have a website, though. That is, I guess yes, that's a good discrepancy. But... But their when, website is completely different than their app. Right. So if you design a application, so at the at the purely design phase of things, is there a difference between designing for mobile first or designing for mobile? Uh, yes, because in the case of Instagram, they're using the same kinds of information, but it's based on completely different front end. Uh. And mobile's first, it's like you're starting with your design mobile, on mobile, and then adjusting via media queries in CSS. To what are media up. queries? It's a amazing CSS3 thing that, <laughs> <laughs> that allows you to change certain elements based on how wide your screen is, yeah. how many... How what your pixel device ratio is, a bunch of other things that include like what kind of color your screen is, and things that we don't even get into. Right. Like, <laughs> is your TV black and white? Wow. So we're getting into responsive design now, correct? Yeah, and you can't have that's mobile a big, first yeah. without having responsive. It seems design. like that's a big part of it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like the three main pillars of of uh, current web design are responsive, mm-hmm. mobile first, and content first. Hmm. What is a kind of a a good example of not only an application or not only a site that is mobile first, but that does mobile first particularly well? Well, there was actually one that came out yesterday, and ironically enough, it's a government website, healthcare.gov, huh. Hello. and it's responsive. Funny thing is that healthcare.gov is based off the tech stack of Ruby, uh, yeah. Jekyll, which is a kind of blogging engine, um, and Ruby Gems. obviously, that's how you handle dependencies. Um, I guess this is going to be a quick meta conversation about topics, um, but I guess these are all things we can talk about eventually is, you know, tech stacks all these things there's a there's a wealth of, of things we could talk about um, oh, yeah, wealth totally. of things we interface with on a day-to-day basis as designers developers and just creatives overall but i'm curious to hear more about this healthcare.gov uh well since we're in a government shutdown it's kind of interesting that it launched yesterday and i'm not even sure if it was designed mobile first yeah who knows who knows it, who knows? it just bases on the approach that the designer went towards the product mm. And, I mean, realistically, you can come out with a website and you could have designed it first for the desktop and then went down to mobile. Mm-hmm. But, and it will might look exactly the same as if you went from mobile to desktop, 
as long as you were like keeping things in mind when you were doing it. But the main reason why we want to do mobile first is so that we can keep things as simple and to the point as possible. And it usually makes designing for a cohesive experience better. Right. An interesting thing that actually comes to mind is that, um, as I mentioned before, the question I asked was, how does mobile first impact my work, which is purely back-end, logic-y stuff. Um, and it actually impacts it by, I think, the, the features that are offered. Mm -hmm. This is, again, redundant to what we spoke about before. But our, my question is, are applications starting to hone in on their core capabilities, their core um, feature sets? Are they trying to do less and do less better? Applications or I websites? Mean, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a catch-all term for anything. But if, if the trend is towards mobile devices, mobile devices, each app typically doesn't do that much. I guess the most feature-packed app that I use on my phone is probably Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess what do you guys think about kind of simplifying your feature set? I think that's a really important thing. I've had experience working on startups where you just have a feature list that grows out of control and you aren't really sure why these features keep getting added when they haven't really been tested for or they're, you don't really know if they're going to increase your core message upon your users or get a larger user base or increase your revenue or anything like that. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for doing one thing really well. Right. Or doing a few things really well. Right, a few things. And when you're creating an application, whether it be a mobile application or a web application, I think that you should first focus on those core features. And do you and think that it'll create a better user base? And do you think that um, the trend towards mobile first design is kind of ushering in that overall philosophy and mindset? Not necessarily. Hmm, why not? Uh, you can still add on features. I mean, just because there's less space doesn't mean they can't exist. No, that's true. That's a good mm -hmm. point. But I guess fr from an intuitive standpoint, I would think that like I would be if I'm thinking about mobile first design um, and let's say typically we do things design first development afterwards mm -hmm. and let's say we were to switch that and did design and development simultaneously yeah I think that I I mean I pr I'm not speaking for everybody here but I think that I would try to I mean also there's a trend towards single page applications and then single page applications they can have a lot of features, but it's more of an enriching experience to have a, only a handful of core features. And so I yeah. think that by thinking about mobile first as a back-end developer, I'm thinking about reducing features to the ones that can be presented on a single page, and then that would be it. You'd go on one page, you'd have all your interactions there, and it would be a simple but effective application. Mm -hmm. What I want to ask you is, like, when you're thinking about back-end stuff, how do you scale a full feature-packed website, you know, down to mobile-ready, you know, on the network, things like that? I mean, what do you think about? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it seems like a lot of the stuff we do is very complex and a lot of moving pieces, and that's true, but 
Um, at the end of the day, we have a feature list, just like everybody else does, that we're trying to hit, and a lot of the stuff can be reduced, and I think a lot of the stuff can be replicated. Um, this is not a relevant answer at all. Um, it's okay. Well, what if I what if I just say like, it's just like responsive design in the way that you design a separate kind of platform for the mobile backend. I guess how I would how as a backend developer from this conversation, how would I I would approach design um, development going forwards was just kind of abstracting. So typically, backend developers interface with the front end through templating languages. So that means we drop in either uh, content, design, um, or even logic to the front end um, by using these things like templating. Some people um, from the Ruby world recognize Haml. Um, people from the Python world will um, recognize Jinja too, or um, Django has its own kind of view thing. And then Clojure, um, I'm a Clojure hacker and a Python hacker. Um, I hate those words, so I'm going to redo that. I'm a Python developer and a Clojure developer. Nice. Um, Python uses um, Jinja or Django templating system. Um, and Clojure uses something called Hiccup. Um, and so these are ways to kind of inject content into logic into the front end. And kind of what I would do going forward was actually not use those at all and just build kind of public APIs that the front end can ping for information. Um, and it would still kind of handle all the features, but make it easier on the designers to kind of implement the features in a mobile first, more simplistic way. I really like the idea of simplifying down the feature list. I think one of the reasons why responsive gets such a bad rap, it's like, oh, it's so heavy because you're trying to add so many things and then you develop it the old way of serving up all of your large images and everything and huge JavaScript files for really fast speeds, which could or could not be mobile mm -hmm. and could or could not be desktop. But it's like when you add on all these different things, you're making a much more complex app mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't need to be. And, right. And that's like in user experience and also in page load times. And going back to what's simpler helps you bring that down and make it the most easy thing to use. So here's a question that I think I, again, know the answer to. Is it easier to go from traditional design to mobile first well traditional design to mobile design or mobile first design to desktop design i guess the the terminology i'm using might not be accurate but i think you get the gist so you're like talking about going from a traditional app to making a mobile site correct and also doing and then on the flip side starting with mobile and mm -hmm. then going to desktop. Correct. Because right. uh, inevitably you're going to need both, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, it depends. Easier now or easier later? Um, if you're, both. If you're trying to fit a old website on a phone, then most people think that easier now is the best solution, and they make a mobile version of their website first but it's harder to maintain your have you have like two completely different sites 
possibly with two different sets of information for solutions and scenarios that may or may not be different mm -hmm. because I mean there are times when I'm sitting in my bed on my phone and I also have my computer and I might even be looking at the same thing <laughs> in the same setting right and I feel like people always forget about that yeah you're on the same network looking at the same thing in the same setting now here's something that I run into a lot that actually annoys me a lot is when I'm in text fields or forms mm -hmm. Forms are infinitely easier to fill out on a desktop computer than on a mobile device. Obvi. Right, and I think that's just an, an experience in that we haven't really figured out the right interactions for forms. Hmm. Um, one of my designer friends, Matt D. Smith, posted something on Dribbble a few days ago for form field interactions on mobile, mm -hmm. where when you go to the page, you see the label inside the form field and sometimes you see this on websites as well but when you click into that form that label shifts up so that you have that in view while you're typing as well that's nifty mm. and i really i think as designers who really loves the simplicity of having the label inside the form input right but mm -hmm. for an accessibility standpoint it makes no sense mm. because then you start typing you're like what the hell was i typing <laughs> Right, it's like even for, you know, like doctor forms, I always get confused on where the actual text should go because the yeah. label is either in the box right. or outside the box. Right. Hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. That's almost so. an entire episode to itself. I know, form <laughs> UX. UX. I don't even think that we've hit on the right thing about getting people to enter information. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that is another conversation. I'm going to yeah. wrap this up. I appreciate Please. it, guys. I think this was awesome. All right. Cheers. Cheers. My whiskey's gone. <laughs>